podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sissoko finally waited. Ericsson, low, great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura. And belted into the net, brilliant goal. On debut, Tungay Ongombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! Kane, good area for Spurs. Kane's not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane. That is exceptional. Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley back line, Minson breaks forward. Oh wow, what a run. Yen Minson from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs career. Welcome, welcome. Good evening, late evening. Welcome to another Newspapers Order pod on uh, on behalf of us under the Touchline Fracker banner. I'll be your host again, X-Pac, tonight. And uh, I'll be joined by two uh, lovely co-hosts. Once again, uh, Kevin na, 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 Nash. <laughs> Is How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm tired. You guys have me out after hours, but mm. it is what it is, man. You got to dunk on some ops. You know, I'd be here for that. So <laughs> <laughs> I know you were one of the first to have your hands up, especially always, always for an Arsenal preview pod. Um, and uh, we also got uh honorary guest from the West Coast, the Worm, Asa. How you doing, man? I'm good. I, I feel like it's probably necessary to mention the West Coast of America. Um, I am I am not from Liverpool, uh, which I suppose would be the West Coast of England. Um, but I'm good. I mean, I'm I'm I have one person on Arsenal who I can support. Uh, they have they have two loanees who I who I have nice things to say about. Beyond that, I mean, it's just going to be like. You know, uh, I have no interest in left wing backs uh, who, who think that they're wingers because Gareth Southgate knows more than all of us. Yeah, fair enough. I didn't think to differentiate West Coast as our, our currencies are worth pretty much the same amount at the moment. So Give whether take, you live yeah. in Liverpool or Los Angeles, any either West Coast at this point, it doesn't really matter too much other than the weather, I guess. Um, and, as and long as you're matter. not under any kind of yeah, storms yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't miss that. They're both as bad as each other, to be fair. Right? Yeah, of course. Everybody, everybody in Liverpool says that, and and everybody in Los Angeles is like, Los Angeles, Liverpool, equal amounts of sunshine. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I guess we got to kick it off. Obviously, we've just come off the back of an international break, where obviously we've all been. Um, waiting for, for football to come back for what feels like a long, long time. And um, at least our saving grace is that we get to come back to arguably the biggest game of the season. See Spurs away from home um, to Arsenal. Um, just to touch upon, I guess, the international break only a little bit. I'll say I didn't watch many games. I watched one of the under-21 games. That was it. Um, we had Richarlison, who's 
there's been a weird narrative around it, and maybe I'm just seeing this on um because I'll tap in Tobes's timeline at the moment. But there's been people shoehorning, I guess Arsenal fans shoehorning Jesus to be called up by Neymar himself to be Brazil's number one, number nine. Um, Richardson continues to begging goals for fun for them as a number nine, but unfortunately, uh, there was an incident at the Parc de France in Paris where in big old 2022 when Brazil faced Tunisia um, someone threw a banana at him so it's um, one of those things where I don't think um, any kind of football association has properly addressed yet as to what kind of punishment there'll be hopefully it's um, a fitting punishment but uh, I would just assume it would be a Tunisian fan if it's a neutral fan uh, I wouldn't be sure how to punish that personally but yeah, hopefully it gets dealt with properly. And um, Richarlison continues to get his proper flowers for Brazil as their number nine. Just to, yeah, sorry, you were going to say mean, something. I, yeah, I mean, just just on that um, and, and your, your sort of thoughts on like, oh, I hope a football association does something. They're not going to, ever. Um, I was thinking, I tweeted that and it's like, the unfortunate case. Yeah, I mean, it's, look, it's, it's, it's clearly awful. And UEFA and FIFA and every nation's football association does not care. Um, you know, you had, you had, what was it? Dynamo Zagreb fans um, marching in Nazi formations in Milan a couple weeks ago. And it was just like, oh, well, ultras will ultra. And it's like, that's not, this, this is, this is what happens. Like, it's like, it's, it's seen as okay. And so when people do it, like, there's this like, you know, minor upswell of, oh, that's terrible. Oh, that's terrible. And then nobody does anything and nobody cares because those, and I'm going to call them Nazis because in, in this Greb example, they were Nazis. And in the, you know, whatever happened in France, obviously we don't know who did it, but it's, it's part of a culture that is, um, if not supported, tacitly accepted. And it's the same thing that happens, you know, across, I mean, and look, this isn't like a specific culture. Like I'm not talking about Tunisia or France in this situation. It is literally everybody. Um, and it's, it's a problem and nobody seems to really care that much because the people who are being attacked are not the people who get protected. And that's not an accident. Um, One of the most um, frustrating punishments I saw recently was, um, I'll see it was uh, England national team. We, um, I think it said for Bulgaria or Hungary, I think, um, sense to be corrected on it, but we, Played a nation who was, I think they reached the abuse. I think uh, it was Sterling, and then they were ordered to play a game behind closed doors or a, a number of games behind closed doors. But due to a loophole in the rules, for some reason they were able to get like a, they were able to fill the stadium with a bunch of like young teenage fans instead. And um, yeah. rebellious teenagers are going to rebellious teenage, and they're going to kind of come up against whatever kind of authority figures going to like they're going to do the opposite of what any authority figure is going to tell them to do like, i'm shocked subsequently those teenagers began to racially abuse english players again and it was just like what what the fuck did you think would happen it was it was so bizarre that um and and like that just, was even allowed to happen yeah and, and like racist dickheads marry racist dickheads and have racist dickhead kids that, that's basically it so it doesn't surprise me I mean, yeah. I mean, these these instances come up so frequently. You see, kick it out. 
you see their statistics, you see the FA uh, put together all of these nice little campaigns, you see little badges on the on the arm in the Champions League that say respect, you see all of this pageantry, you see the kneeling, you see it and man, football's full of shit, man. Like they don't care, they don't care, and I'm starting to just accept the fact that they're motherfuckers and they're gonna motherfucker. And that's it. Yeah, what, I, what can you say? Yeah, this I mean, um this thing on the name on the on the sleeve for the Qatari World Cup for them to be it was like a I think it's like a one love kind of a love yeah. heart thing for players to wear on their sleeves during the Qatari World Cup. So yeah, like you were saying, so football, especially um national team football now uh all football i don't even know why i'm um kind of separating it a bit there but it looks to try and look like they're showing like they want to look like they're showing action when they're actually not doing anything meaningful really it's just like a couple of promos on shirts and adverts but when it comes to punishments for football associations and teams and proper punishments to fans there's not a proper precedent being set and unfortunately it's very evident and it's it's completely predictable because i i think that like they i would prefer they say nothing that's that's where i'm at i would prefer that the football association or you know it happened over here um like the the mexican federation um, they they have this like very nasty homophobic chant that their fans you know use all the time, and then they were supposed you know the organization was like oh you have two games behind closed doors, and they had their women's team serve that punishment for the men's fans. And I would prefer they do nothing. Honestly, I would prefer they just say we are not in the business of fixing racism, and we're not going to address it because at least then they're saying we're capitalistic empires. We care about money. We don't care who gives us that money, whether they're Nazis or communists or anything in between. Like, I don't care. And at least that would be internally respectful. <laughs> like, at least then you're not calling me an idiot. But this sort of, like, kick it out. Well, are you going to kick out racist fans? No, they pay. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks. They get, they, they, they get, like, an undisclosed uh, ban, which yeah. means they, it's... It's probably oh uh, you'll be back before the end of the season, but let 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 the let the uh, let the ruckus die down a little bit. I've, I've I've seen it too much, man. Like our fans do it before anybody ever says to me, oh yeah, but Spurs fans have a reputation, blah 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 blah. Spurs fans have done this. I call that shit out too, man. Like if you're racist, you're a piece of shit. Suck your mum. That's it. That that. That's pretty much my sentiment, and that will always be the sentiment. And it's 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 and it's it's across it's a and and that's the thing is that like whenever anybody responds to your your being racist with yeah, but Spurs fans, it's like so you agree that this is shitty? Stop yeah. doing it. <laughs> like 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 look like I'm I'm gonna call out my own house as well. Like like we all need to be better. Blah 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 blah. But like if I say you're being racist and you say yeah, but you're racist, you are saying you're being racist stop doing it don't say but you're racist so it's okay it's not exactly and that's like that's what it comes down to and and that's what i mean look like all of this sort of comes down to to the reality that football associations be they in france or england or mexico or america they don't care they don't care and as if they said they didn't care at least i could respect that at least i'd be like okay like 
great. I, I will, will fix racism elsewhere, guys. But it's like, don't tell me you care about this and then behave the way you do. It's, mm. it's, it's just, it's, it's, it, it, it makes, it, it's treating us, those of us who are paying attention and those of us who care like idiots. Like, I'd prefer you do nothing because you're doing nothing. You're just saying you're doing something. You know, it's like, it's like the, the Denmark, uh, like, do you see their kit? Like they made like a big deal about how like, oh, well our kit, you're, we're, we're, we're not going to show it in Qatar. It's like, yeah, but you're going and you're going to take that money. <laughs> so like, what are you really doing? You're like, you're making a big scene of what? Like if you if you want to if you want to stand up and say like what has gone down in Qatar is not okay, don't go, don't go. But there were a whole bunch of people who went to Russia saying, oh, we're gonna stand up for 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 this and that. And it's like, did you, or did you just go and take their money and and give them a World Cup? Mm. Anyways, yeah, football's, football's behind it, man. Football's behind. Watch women's sports for any sort of uh, socially intelligent. Uh, stances and things like that WNBA women's football WNBA was doing stuff well before the NBA 100% but yeah I don't want to I don't want to get too angry so let's move on <laughs> so let's talk about things that are good like playing at 4 30 in the morning my time against Arsenal <laughs> <laughs> yeah you'll be awake for that brisket in hand uh, oh my God. <laughs> probably I don't know I mean look Oh, brisket oh, is good. Oh, the brisket oh, is good. Oh. <laughs> Didn't even mean to do that. Yeah, that, that's probably going to be a recorded game if we're being honest. Uh, 4.30 is early. I don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't think I can do 4.30. <laughs> you'll, you'll, all, you'll all get like a text message from me like, well, later in the day, like, oh man, Arsenal does suck. Or alternatively, um, I had a very nice day today. I went to the zoo or something to that effect. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hear it. Uh, hopefully, you do have good reason to um, have some brisket. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, tried to I mean, just like, like, like to, to be clear, I'm probably going to make chicken this week. Like the brisket is gone; it's been eaten. It's, it's it, it was served at various holiday events. Uh, got got. Like like four stars, uh, you know, <laughs> wasn't wasn't great. It was it was fine. I don't know why this is the Asa, Asa cooking show. <laughs> it has been in a certain group chat. To be fair, <laughs> I think it's fair to say um, you redeemed yourself. From uh, I appreciate it. I, I jo- it's not for me to say because I'm not one to judge the jollof anyway. But <laughs> I, I I mean the bet. Uh, what is it? What is that? Like the good does not wash away the bad and the bad does not wash away the good like like in, in terms not. of sins sometimes really good sometimes really shit that's that's it that's, that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good I'm, I'm good with that <laughs> but there we go um so obviously if you're a fan of um touchline fracker at all you would have probably already seen this but toby and Ibot already done a nice video to promote the game earlier today so if you haven't seen that video, please watch that. As um, as weird as it was, it is actually really, really good and wholesome to see. And um, be sure to watch the clip from uh, what year was it? Two thousand and thirteen. Yeah, or, about that. Or oh, two thousand and fifteen of him and his brother watching a North London derby years ago, and the clip which went viral. Um, yeah, be sure to watch that and then watch the video. He. Um, bring out with his twin brother earlier whose name is Tosin not 
about, but it's been a running joke that he's got uh, an evil twin. I think well, I think Kobe be, might be the evil twin. Yeah, he's definitely the evil twin. Tessin yeah. seems like a cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was giving some of our players some um, objectively good flowers as well. So yeah, shouts to him, man. Um, doesn't seem like um, an Arsenal fan of Ilman. Um, but yeah, there was some news coming out of um, this camp, which if it was um, Mourinho, he probably would have sounded like that for one. And two, it might have been mind games or some of some sorts because it's looking like Kulizewski has um, a minor injury problem. But um, yeah, going into it, um, we're in much better shape than we were this time last year, it's, it's fair to say. Um I guess just for context, I looked at the starting lineup earlier. I just remember there being literally no midfield. Uh, we had obviously Huibier as a six. Unfortunately, Ndombele started that game and we had to hold a personal L on the pod. Um, and then we had some weird thing where we asked Delhi to play almost as the right sided forward. And uh, Lucas Mora was like a roaming 10. That was it was such a weird such game. Such a mess. And. Um, we don't mention his name much, but good old Nuno um, did not set us up well for that game whatsoever. We went on the front foot and ended up just getting torn to pieces. Um, that said, how uh, how do you think we're looking coming into this one? I think it's an interesting one, right? Like this season has started well for us and it started well for them too. But I think what ends up happening is you get two two trails of four. I'm convinced that them man don't watch us ever, right? And what commonly gets said is, oh, Spurs are flattering to deceive. Spurs are sh- scrappy, stealing results. They're a bit lucky, they're fortunate, they're this, they're that. Whereas Arsenal, oh my God, we're playing the best football in the Premier League, this, that and the third. And I think there's there's something to be said about aesthetics versus effectiveness, right? Because ultimately we're two totally different sides of the spectrum in that regard. Credit to Arsenal, they're playing well, right? They're winning games. Those are Those are, those are two things that idealistically everybody wants their team to do but to discredit what we have been doing this season we're unbeaten all season so far in the Premier League Uh, we've scored a lot of goals we haven't conceded a lot is that not what you want is that not good football in itself Um, but again I, I, I pay them very little attention until this time of the year twice a year I'll give a shit about these guys because ultimately, we've seen this story play out many a time over the last six years. We're going into the seventh year of them potentially not being the pride of North London again. So for me, it's, it's, it's academic. We tend not to win these games. Am I confident? Yeah. Pretty coy. We get, we get a result, we get a result. If we lose... We move on to the next game. That's literally where I'm at. I, I'm, I'm so, so measured and balanced for this fixture. 
I couldn't so, get less. Can, can I get unbalanced and unhinged for this fixture? Go ahead. <laughs> Definitely. Go ahead. You might so, okay. something in me. Yeah. So here's the thing. Um, Arsenal, there's been a lot of talk. Arsenal's top of the top of the table. They're playing the best football in the Premier League. They've played one team with a pulse and they lost. Look at who they've played, right? Like the, the they've they've played a collection. I mean, we thought Leicester was was maybe gonna be a team who like that 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 looked like a good win at the time. It is sure. not. Um, you know, they've beaten Brentford and Bournemouth and like Fulham. Great. Congrats. That's awesome. I'm really proud of you. And look, winning games is not easy, right? Like they, they have won six of their seven games and they played a team with the pulse and they got humiliated. So this, this idea that Arsenal are some have somehow turned a corner playing Arteta ball. If they had played a serious schedule, they would be what four, four, Oh, and three, four, you know, one and two. And then it's like, Oh, same old, same old Arsenal, because that's where we're at. When was the last time Arsenal concerned you like on a player to player basis? And I'm not saying they don't have good players. I'm not saying that that Saka is not a good player. I'm not saying that Jesus is not um, a good player. But I'm saying, like, do they scare you? Do, do, do you change your your outlook as 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 Antonio Conte going up against this team the way that he does against mm-hmm. against Liverpool or, or City? No, no, of course not. We're going to go out there. We're going to play our game. Are we going to win? I don't know. Are we going to get a point? I think so. Because if, if you're talking about, like, like their their midfield is is when when Spurs have trouble, it's when they get overwhelmed in the midfield, right? And I'm not all that concerned about Granit Xhaka. I'm really not. He's he's not someone who concerns me. You know, Thomas Partey is good, but like not that good. <laughs> not part Partey Partey. Redacted number five so oh, not that still play. yeah, yeah. Does, he, does, he, does he still play does he still oh. play or is he or is he still on a muscle, muscle issues yeah right um if he plays um but you know like 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 you're talking about like like the, the things that i've heard about martinelli and Vieira are talking about like these these men are are superstars these guys are replacement level he's not like for for a serious club these are replacement level players and I don't, I don't see anybody on their back line who concerns me. I don't see anybody in their midfield who concerns me. Saka's good. Jesus is good. Ramsdale is a upper echelon Premier League keeper. Like, am, am I supposed to be concerned about Ben White? Like, is that, is that, is that who's going to shut down Harry Kane this time? Like, come on, come on. And look, I'm not saying Spurs are going to go out and smack them. They're, they're good. They're a good team, but they're not that good. This isn't a game where I'm going in saying. Bunker encounter. We are we we need to absorb pressure, and Ryan Sessegnon needs to shut down Mo Salah. This is like, eh, yeah. Ben Davis is probably fine against Bukayo Saka, and that's all I have to say about their best player. Like Ben Davis is probably fine against him if he plays. I, I feel know. like I feel like Acer is potentially digging us a real big hole, and this <laughs> yeah. is really he always done it last season as well. But, um, yeah, but I. I mean, play again, the, 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 the squad, the squad aspect of uh, assessing Arsenal is an interesting one because Jesus has provided an uptick in quality, but in terms of goals, they've not been coming freely. So we're talking literally talking like Lacazette type 
contributions in a lot of instances and not Aubameyang output in terms of goals. I mean, at some point, something has to shift. Can he uphold that same level of performance over the course of the season and the goals come? That's yet to be seen. In his Premier League career, we have not seen we have not seen a 20-25 goal a season striker. We haven't seen that from him. Saka hasn't lit up this season in terms of performance from my from my perspective. Another one of their star boys hasn't been able to get any games in Smith Row or whatever they call him, uh, Croydon something. Um, <laughs> weird looking fellow, but obviously Martinelli's been playing quite well. Good, good contributions all around, and Saliba has looked good. Outside of that, I'm looking at that squad and I'm like, cool, they've added two good players from Manchester City. Does it move the needle? I'm not too sure. I'm, I'm genuinely not, I'm not too sure. Um, but yeah, man, I've, I've come to accept that when Arsenal are doing well, they're going to be the loudest guy in the room. As soon as it peters out, when the weather gets a bit cold, we're not going to hear from them. And I'm going what, to have to pull up receipts all over again. And what we'll hear from them is, oh, actually, we never said that Champions League was was necessary for, for a successful season. All we said was, uh, what, what was it last year? Improvement? Or, or what, what was it like once they, they they dropped from Champions League? They started saying, oh, we never said that we needed to do that for our title to be, to be successful. I, I, it's always something. No, man, they call me crazy. Them touchy Guna boys, they call me crazy. But there's 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 receipts. I've I've been saying for a long time, in the Discord days, <laughs> I broke it down for them, and they're living the reality that I told them, in more ways than one. So, listen, Sastradamus is in full effect. <laughs> in full effect. <laughs> they are talking. They are talking about success, progress, and glory. They are speaking about those three things, and they're being able to differentiate it now. I it's still interesting how it sets up. I want to kind of rein it in a little bit, not even to play devil's advocate for the sake of it. Um, I do like Ace's point on them <laughs> finally playing a team with a pulse. It is mostly true, to be fair. Um, to be fair, like when they played Man United, up until then, they were, they're a team that kind of gets into a good cohesive rhythm very quickly. Um, easier than we found it so far this season. So credit to them for that. But when they played Man United, that was the first time they were playing a team coming off any kind of relatively good form. Like you said, Asa, like Leicester was supposed to be a hard game, but we know what's happening with them. Crystal Palace away looked like it was going to be a hard fixture. It was last season. However, they didn't have any kind of preseason, and they were very dysfunctional. Um that said, they did impress me when they beat Brentford. Obviously, this is a team which was actually coming off some good form. They're very strong at home, and they kind of took them apart with uh, Odegaard and uh, number five. I think number five was still missing. If not, Odegaard obviously was obviously a big miss, and they still managed to to come away with a good result. So, do I fear them a bit? Yes. Um, can't lie. This it looks like on paper a bit of a poor matchup for us. 
because of just how much we don't like to see have the game in midfield at all. So if they can punish us, we're there for the taking. But um, that said, that you know, the other end of the spectrum where they haven't been necessarily giving us our flowers for what looks to be we we don't have to perform as well as them to get results and nor do we need to perform as well as them to have the most current amount of shots on target in the league as it stands um it's it sets up to be an interesting one that you'd feel like arsenal have to kind of settle into a rhythm really really quickly to to beat us because obviously now we've actually got sun luckily in form um, see, so just coming off the hat trick against Leicester at the perfect time, so that sets up uh, for me to fear—not even fear, but respect players like Jacker, who's had a decent remontada. Um, ben White has actually been performing really, really well over the past year. To be honest, not like I fear him as much. I think Son can cook him quite easily, but. He's um he's a player who's actually been performing really well under the radar. He's been performing better than someone like Gabriel, who's for one way or another had a few hairy moments recently. Um, oh, my, my. yeah, he's um obviously had a pretty big mistake, obviously at home to Fulham already this season. He's a similar um. I think it was at home to Wolves uh, at the back end of um, last season. He did something similar where he just made a very, very glaring error um, leading to a goal. Uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of leads me to say I'm not as confident about, I guess, uh, a win as most other fans, but for sure, I definitely think we can get a result. I mean... I mean, winning at the Emirates is not something that we have a right to expect. Another thing, another reason why we have to kind of respect it, because unfortunately we've been humbled pretty much every time we've gone to the Emirates. Precisely, and 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 the fact the fact of the matter is, is if if we look at our run this season, we've made it a habit to improve upon results from last season. Right, we're building a habit. That has tangible evidence of improvement. The fixtures last season, like for like fixtures that we failed in last season, we have improved the points haul in pretty much all of them. Right? Mm-hmm. Chelsea away was 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 a big one. We played dreadfully. We didn't really deserve anything from it, but we got we left with something. That's all I'm looking for. Leave with something. Leave with a point. Leave with three points. Leave with something. Leave with an injury. I don't care. Like, leave with something. Because as far as I'm concerned, like, you're going to lose games over the course of the season. And as much stock as we put into derbies and the quote-unquote big games, if you beat everybody else, you you succeed, right? And 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 it's literally as simple as that. So as much as, much as there's going to be passion on the day, as long as the energy is always going to be fucking in it, like... Mm-hmm. I'm going into this weekend and I'm a bit like, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Because as far as I'm concerned, like whenever the team who is supposed to win enters that fixture, there's usually something iffy. It's 
usually something iffy happens. Like we've 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 done it many a times. They've done it many a times. And as far as I'm concerned, like if they leave as much space in behind as they did against Manchester United, we will score goals. And multiple is yeah, multiple goals. Um, if they don't finish their dinner, which again is a very real possibility. If they can't break us down in a low to mid block, if all of these things occur, we can snatch something from the game. Like and and it's is 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 one of those things. I'm I'm not even really here to make predictions about it. It's just their style does play into our hands if we are on job. And it's just that simple. And and it's and it's very easy to see how it happens, right? Like they 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 play their aggressive high line and they leave space in behind. And oh, by the way, we have the best player in the Premier League at exploiting that. I mean, last year, last year, who was it? Was it Rob Holding, who got yep. humiliated like consistently in that? And like, look, Saliba is good. I'll I'll give him I'll give him his flowers. He's he's good, but Gabriel's not, and White's not, and you know. I, to, who, who's on it? Like Tomiyasu? Like, like who are we talking about here? Outside of Matt Turner, I have no respect for anybody on that side. Um, you know, Sai said he's not going to give a prediction. I'll give you a prediction right now. It's going to be two 0 Spurs. Don't worry about it. Clean wow. sheet at the Emirates. Clean yeah, wow. at the Emirates. Not concerned. Hey, listen, listen. I was at the I was at the women's North London derby, and that was a fucking bloodbath. Like that was a bloodbath. <laughs> Leaky roof and all, like <laughs> leaky roof. It was just boy, our our defense was leaky. Take care, dude. Um, listen, I, I as I said, I can't really make a prediction here. I'm hopeful that we'll leave with something. Like a win isn't totally unrealistic because again, style of football, style of football plays a big part. If we can do all of the little things, I feel we can leave with something. Records are there to be broken. Hoodoos are there to be broken. All of that shit doesn't really mean anything if you turn up on the day and you do your fucking job, right? So that's what I want for the team. But at the same time, it's it's one of those fixtures. Uh, all the cliches, form goes out the window, blah, 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 blah. Both teams are actually on good form. So something has to give. Something has to give. Something will. Um, <laughs> I almost forgot. I was I was going to give Celebrities flowers coming into this um, international break as as another player. I somewhat, I wouldn't say fear, but again, I respect. But I was hoping um, good old Nigerian Dan Woods is going to come on today because he's been um, a little bit hot on Romero. He's saying it's a bit easy to play in a three at the back. And uh, Salava, unfortunately, played a three at the back for France and got hooked. Whereas Romero <laughs> played in a, obviously, a centre-back pairing of a two for Argentina again and just, you know, just got another clean sheet. So it's, it is what it is. Uh, Argentina, obviously, no, it's obviously known for just being woeful defensively as well. Yeah. Um, and I think it's like 10 clean sheets in a row for Romero when he's been in a centre-back pairing with <laughs> someone else i think it might even be otamendi which is insane but i think it could even be that um that martinez at united either way it's it's impressive i find it amusing i find it amusing i think i think there is something to be said about uh comparison between the two because ultimately they're 
the two best centre backs on e either team, uh, based on the small sample size with Saliba, of course. But anyone that doesn't appreciate Romero just lets me know that they don't watch us, and that's okay. Yeah. I don't expect you to tune into as many Spurs games as us. I don't expect you to really be well versed, but don't chat shit. Like that's all I ask for is just don't chat shit. This kid has played what? How many games is it now? Seven games? Seven games for Arsenal? Mm. Come on, man. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Like, appreciate quality without overdoing it because I remember the days when Denilson was pitched as the fucking second coming of uh, whatever oh, you wanted. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, we, we saw what happened with Wilshire. Like, they, they've got this catalogue of just gassing these, these, these players and Credit to Saliba. He started really well and he had a good season on loan last year. But these things can change. Remember when Kieran Tierney was pitched as the best left back in the Premier League and comparisons were being made between him and Robertson. Where is he now? Where is he now? Last season it was Tommy Yasu. Where is he now? Like, come on, man. It's the same, it's the same shit. We we've got to call a buck a buck, right? Like Saliba's a good player. Give it time because there's potential that something bad will happen. Right. So another example this time last year as well was Ramsdale, who um exactly has been humbled as well since. Yes, it's <laughs> it, it's quite really for player. You like Saka was pitched as better than fucking uh Hung Min Sun not long ago too. Oh He's yeah, not... that was by our own fans. That which was annoying. I'm, I do I'm like Saka, man, and now now he's now he's scrapping, he's scrapping and clawing to be mentioned in the same breath as uh, fucking Kulusevski. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Like, <laughs> the catalogue of evidence is crazy. It's Jesus at the minute. It's Jesus is is the flavor of the month, and he's got as many goals as uh, Son, who has started atrociously. Son bagged as many goals as this man in one game. Like there's levels to this shit, man. Come on, just be humble. Let let things play out the course of the season. Because I remember all the wicked talk that was happening uh, in the in the running last season. We pulled up the receipts. The episode is there. Mm. Listen, man. Gunas say a lot of shit. They say the wildest things. They say the darndest things. Yeah, just it was. Towards the back end of last season, where I recently discovered the the bookmark feature on on Twitter, <laughs> and it's, I think it's going to serve me quite well for for future agendas and endeavors. UEFA Champions League football is streaming on Paramount Plus. Nine months of heart stopping, hold your breath exhilaration is underway with the biggest stars, top teams, and craziest fan bases across Europe. Watch every game from the group stage through the knockout rounds as Benzema and Real Madrid defend their title against Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, PSG, Barcelona and more in football's biggest club competition. So don't miss a single sweat-soaked second of regulation time, stoppage time and extra time and stream every match of the UEFA Champions League live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Um, but obviously... Um just previewing how we'd probably end up looking to set up um i was saying last week funnily enough um 
it was either last week or the week before. Uh, I know we took like a very brief hiatus, but um, again, it, the con the the question pitched to Conte was: uh, Could we line up in a in a midfield three? Um, as Kulisevsky might be a doubt for the game, could be yeah. mind games, might not. Who knows? Um, I was saying last week, like I, I would, I'm not necessarily sure we have the profile of midfielders to play a three. However, I know you're a fan of a functional three-man midfield as well. 100%. Whereas I wanted, uh, I guess, more of like an inside, at least one kind of incisive, creative type, as well as someone who can be functional. Um, but yeah, how would you say um, hypothetically, Kulisevsky can't at least start the game? How would you? set us up away at Arsenal. I would I would resist the urge to go back to the uh three four three. Right? I th- I think we know that Arsenal are gonna have a preference for keeping the ball. We know that. Right? Uh and if that occurs we will see a very very similar type of uh, chasing shadows situation for large spells as we did early on against Leicester. Like, they played around us. Our midfield is not the most dynamic with Hoybier and Bentoncourt. They're functional. Bentoncourt can be disciplined, but the spacing between them, the sort of uh, positioning in terms of when, when we do have possession of the ball, they tend not to be in positions where they can combine with each other. They're not even really playing in the same line a lot of the time. So... For me, I would I would actually look seriously at starting the game how we ended against Leicester, uh, with Bissouma in the center with Bentoncourt and Hoybier flanking, mainly because I think Bentoncourt's role now is distinctly different from the role that he was playing last season. He was a lot more box to box. He was a lot more dynamic. He was more of a metronome and he was actually a bit more combative as well. Whereas now what we're seeing is Hoibier has settled into that sort of floaty role where he's he's the linchpin. He's the guy that combines with other areas of the pitch. He's the one that drives the ball forward in certain situations. He's the one that plays the forward pass. If you can just add another body in there, maintain the structure defensively, and have outlets for guys like Basuma, you're winning. You're winning. Mm. You're winning on the counter. Like Sun Sun hasn't been in positions to really break lines consistently this season, mainly because of where he's been positioned in defensive scenarios. So naturally there's more ground for him to cover to even get in behind the defense. Let's just go to what we were doing before in terms of adding an extra body in in midfield, in certain phases of play, letting some players a centre forward and have Kane drop off into whatever space he sees fit and try and find those glory balls. Like, why not just start the game how we wish to continue instead of waiting to the second half where we could potentially be down? I actually like that idea a lot. The only worry for me is... um... I mean, I think that's the only thing I would change is maybe I'd have Ben Tanker as more of the sitting, uh, as more of the sitter. As we we rely on him so heavily to be that metronome, is he's by far most comfortable to receive the ball in the tight areas off to the centre backs. Um, 
and I'd say I'd let Basuma be more for Roma. Obviously, we can just tweak that and switch that in game as well, right? But 100%. we also have a bit of a problem at right wing back if that's the case. If uh, if we're going for a functional three, we've got someone like Kulusevski is by far like our best creative player, and we're going to be replacing him essentially with Emerson Royale on that side. By the looks of it, is that is that as much of a problem if 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 you have a three-man midfield and Perisic gets forward, for example, if everyone slides over and one of the midfielders drops in and makes a four while Davis or Longley make underlapping runs, if we have sustained possession in the game, I think it's problem solved, personally. One of, one of the big issues is we haven't really been able to utilise a lot of the features of Conte's system because we've not kept the ball enough. We've just not kept the ball enough. So guys like Perisic, like the, the one or two times where he gets his crosses off with the highest cross success rate in the league, mind you, uh, shout-outs to him, not really ended in any, 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 well, as many goals as you would have hoped, but there you go, story for another day. Um, we don't really get to see the full feature set of the system. We haven't really seen the combination play between Son and Kane. So I think I think I would rather us sacrifice the idea that we need two marauding wingbacks and just get Kane and Son in positions to be successful and have the guys on the left-hand side be that facilitating factor and just be robust on the other side. You're talking Martinelli has been one of their better, better players this season. He has been one of the outlets who's been able to sort of uh, show show a little bit more flair and a little bit more incision and directness and things. So why not just keep that side as is, funnel down the left, attack attack the makeshift right back. Like I'm I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it. I don't romanticize that two two wing two converted wingers in the Conte system. We're here. We know what we have. <laughs> like make do with it. That's fair. I think I'm guilty of that a bit, to be fair. But I, I don't have as much of a problem with Emerson playing because positionally he's actually really, really good. Like he always <laughs> takes up great positions. He's and this is like, this is on and off the ball. Um, but I, I ideally cross. want someone Just like Kulusevski to hold his hand. Or Romero is going to be there. That's fine. But without a Kulusevsky there to combine with and hold his hand, because to his credit, um, you've made a point of it as well. Emerson does combine pretty well with Kulusevsky. He just manages to find him in the right position, knows his limitations and doesn't try and spam crosses as much as he did last season. He'll just give an inside ball to Kulusevsky and just be like, all right, go treat yourself. Obviously, we're not going to have that. We may not have that in North London derby up. Yeah. I've got a funny feeling Kulusevski will probably come off the bench at like 60 minutes or something like that if he doesn't start. Yeah. I, I just have a feeling he's going to be available. We'll see him. We will see him. I, the the issue I have with us uh, playing playing on a regular formation, especially after the Leicester game, is Sun, Kane and Richarlison do not complement each other as a trio. Correct. The, the roles that Richarlison and Sun play are literally carbon copies of each other. Albeit with Richarlison being better with the ball at his feet, but some being distinctly 
a world above in front of goal, right? The problem is, is Kane, Kane cannot resist playing a final ball every touch if he has those guys near to him and they occupy spaces that just don't stretch the pitch enough, right? So uh, we've seen it, we've seen it all too often. They try every, every piece of combination played is an attempt to play the ball first time around the corner. And it usually ends in turnovers and it usually means that our already thin midfield, two men are just totally overrun trying to protect the back three. And I'm sick of seeing it, to be perfectly honest. Like, especially in moments where it's avoidable, it's like Kulusevsky has to start and it needs to be Son and Richarlison rotating at this point because oh yeah, I mentioned that he offers, opens up so many more possibilities in our play. Problem is, Richarlison is clearly in favour at the minute. He's clearly in form at the minute. And how do you justify not starting someone who got sixty million pounds? Like, it's it's it just is what it is. It's like we we need to find other ways to utilize this squad, which isn't just same eleven every week, and isn't just shoehorning players into roles that maybe they're not fit for. I think we will. Um... Definitely need it. I think we will. Obviously, we're playing what something like thirteen games in the space of forty-three days. Conte's been saying in the last couple press conferences over the past few weeks, like, look, we are going to rotate. Um, so I mean, yeah, be patient on the players you're asking me about. So yeah, be patient on Bissouma. Be patient on. I don't even think he acknowledged Spence in the end, but I'll say it anyway, uh, Spence and. So We're just waiting for Lucas Moura to come back so he can reprise his role as right wing, right wing back. I'm telling you, that oh, is. Literally, I thought you were going to say right wing politician. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, oh, that's good actually. I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm very much convinced that that is going to end up being our solution by the end of the season in terms of the profile that everyone is looking for. I, I can just see it happening. I know you've romanticised seeing Decky at right wing back and us having inverted wing backs which is fucking icky but is it sticky icky it's disgusting dude i would only i guess uh, as I've, I've, I've always said to be fair i would only be against teams you know we're looking to desperately need to go against and against teams we know we're going to definitely sustain pressure um with relative risk of being counter-attacked um Relative low risk, anyway. Wouldn't something I'd be looking to do against Arsenal? Um, as we go later on to the season, who knows? I know uh, Decky played right wing back against, I think it was Marseille, and um, yeah, crashed it on them. So, <laughs> I think Lucas Moore was injured though, so who knows if he would have had the same or similar impact. I, I highly doubt it though, and I never. Seen that early in the season though, he went the the small minutes that uh, Mora did get. He came on as a right wing back, and we got a draw against Chelsea. And he played. Through I, I the completely forgot. I completely back. forgot he even played. Then I just don't want to see him play. He's got all the technical skill. Just literally, the decision making will, will kill us. Is his decision making? Is his decision making and his incision 
worse than Emerson's. No, it's not. I'd argue it is, especially okay no. when we're trying to build up as well, especially in deeper areas. Emerson is better than Lucas Moore at like at right wing back, especially. There's, there's no doubt in my mind because you've got Lucas Moore who is just literally going to run into either one of our players or one of theirs to try and get us out of pressure because where we do obviously have the two in midfield and yeah, we have we do have Kulisevsky tucking sometimes, or Kane tucking sometimes. We don't regularly have um players drop into obviously decent areas to receive and combine that much. And even if they did Lucas Moore just ignores him anyway. So he's always going to have it in his mind that he has to dribble out of pressure. And he is capable. Annoyingly, he is capable, but he always just tries too much. Like, it's never it's never beat a player and then have a give and go. It's so like, let's just beat two or three. Think... And it's the same thing. And he's going to end up turning over the ball in a deep position, much like Lamella did against Monaco, much like Kyle Walker did at times in bigger games. And then we're going to end up conceding as a result and I I don't see any other outcome I, than, I think, um, I think there are two, two, two things are occurring first and foremost I'm not advocating that he is the answer to the problem I just think he will be utilised as a solution to the problem, those are two distinctly this different. is literally what I've said with Decky as well it's yeah, I, I just it, it, the thing is, about Lucas Moore, right? And and the reason I, I want this to be said now is because he's going to come back from injury soon and he is going to play more than Spence does, right? So I want everyone to be prepared. The fact of the matter is, is late on last season, he was used as more of a traditional winger. He was going to the byline and he was cutting the ball back and he was doing it and it was effective. If you are a right wing back, you're not going to be asked to make inverted runs as often as he normally would. If he starts higher up the pitch, he tends to drift in field and hold Harry Kane's hand and run into him and all of that shit, right? But if you look at the setup that has made Emerson quite successful in his role as right wing back, there are opportunities for that invert. And there are also requirements for him to maintain width consistently too those are two things that i think if lucas mora wants to get minutes at spurs this season those are two things i think he's capable of like without a shadow of a doubt stay wide if decky comes infield come infield when decky goes wide those are the two only instructions that he will have and the rest of it is just vibes and inshallah that's it yeah i i have no doubt like Obviously, those are the only instructions he should have. I agree. It's just my, it's just his capability to follow the instructions is what worries me. And furthermore, like with Lucas potentially getting more minutes than Spence in that position, is that a personal preference of yours, or you've just pretty much accepted that's probably just what's going to happen with Conte? Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't have any stake in any of it. Like, it's, it's not, it's not my preference at all. My preference is you go out and you buy players that are specialists in their position and you utilise them, right? And I'm all for nurturing young talent, all of this stuff, but everything indicates that Spence is very, very low on the priority list. The minutes he has had in the Prem, 
have come as him playing as a right wing, a forward, right? So at the end of the day, like what I, I can't understand this, this thing that we do as supporters where we pine over players who we've not seen anything of. It's like we saw, we saw Mark, uh, Marcus Edwards was in our ranks for ages and he never got minutes. And then he got called messy and we never saw it. And he goes off and he becomes something. Cool. I'm annoyed as everyone else. But I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, Marcus Edwards would be the answer to all our questions right now. Or No, that's not how it works. Sometimes players just don't work at clubs. We should know that. We had Kevin Prince Boateng not get any games under us. Go to Ghana and smash the shit up. Like, we saw that happen. We saw him become a very, very good, competent player at a time where we could have done with very good, competent players. We saw Adil Tarap light it up at QPR, like, at a point when we could have utilised someone with his skill set. Like, the list goes on and on, man. We buy young players who don't... <laughs> you you could have come up with a better example than Tarap at this. Hey, man, he was, he was a baller. I loved him, but, I mean, um, balling out in the championship, I think he's... Um, what he's done at Benfica is a better example where he's now. Has, has, I guess, has Ryan Mason ever been a better player than Adil no, Tarrant? No. Exactly. Oh, no. Like, these are the types of players that get, get minutes at Spurs, though. Like, we see shit players get more minutes than the players that we want to play. We saw it with Tongi for, for the time that he was with us. Like, everyone was racking their brain. Why isn't this guy getting minutes? But again, there's intangibles, there's uh, things on the training pitch, all of these things play a factor. And I'm, I'm at that point, I'm getting a little bit old, getting a little bit uh, sort of jaded by it all at points. And it's like, I want Spence to be successful at Spurs, but not to the detriment of us having ripe and readiness week in, week out, right? And that's where I empathise with someone like Conte, Whatever way we want to uh, rate the transfer window, whether we say it's a seven out of ten, an eight out of ten, or six out of ten, or whatever, whatever the scoring was, um, the fact of the matter is, is if he doesn't feel like he has all the players that are ready for what he needs, he's going to go with the players that are closest to being what he needs. And in this instance, I don't think he knows what Spence is. I don't think anyone really knows what Spence is. He is very raw. He's going to need coaching. Are we going to thrust that type of player just in the Champions League? No. Are we going to play him in Premier League matches against rivals? Probably not. Like, just got to move on from it, to be perfectly honest. Carabao Cup is around the corner, so hopefully he gets minutes there. And that all will be good in the world. Get to see him probably underperform. And then we're back to square one, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> like, it took two years for Ryan Sessignon to get any fucking minutes at Spurs. And then when he came in, he looked shit. Like, come on, man. It's interesting. I was just about to bring up um, Jed Spence's performance against uh, Italy under 21s. And obviously, Sessignon was playing on the opposite flank. He was a back four, and Spence stood out. Like, Sessignon um, didn't play badly, to be fair. So, Spence, he was disciplined on that right-hand side. He got tested a few times, stood the test easily, got um, got forward multiple times to make things happen, created, or ended up forcing a good opportunity for an open goal for Conor Gallagher, which he missed, that bum. Um, 
and um, as Italy came forward in the second half, Udoji came on and avoided Spence pretty much every time he came forward. Um, How did Skip look in under 21? Uh, not good, I've got to say. Um, it's under 21s, who gives a fuck? <laughs> who gives a fuck? <laughs> like, oh, oh. An Englishman, <laughs> maybe? <laughs> English and proud. <laughs> Oh, yeah, listen, um, listen. I wanted to see it for Spurs players and um, just to see it, see some of our players get minutes and yeah. Obviously, no, no, I'm I'm being facetious. I know. Uh, ultimately, I ask I ask a question because ultimately we're 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 now talking about senior established players in Skip and Sessegnon, whose places as first teamers at Spurs are up for grabs. Ultimately. Like they're fighting for their places, so can they afford to get injured for under twenty one? No. Do they need to show that they're the dogs bollocks at under twenty one level to get first team senior men's football? Not really. Spence, on the other hand, hasn't really kicked ball this year, so I expect him to still be excited by under twenty one's football. I expect him to still try and say, "Look what you're missing out on." So it is what it is. It, it, credit to him. I didn't watch it. I don't watch international football at this point. But if he's playing well at that level, cool. But he needs reps at senior men's level for me to care. And I genuinely don't think it's going to happen this season. Same with Saar. Yeah, Saar's a funny one. I, I don't know what's going on with him. Same with Brian Hill. Brian Hill, he'll be... Uh, with Saar and Hill, I mean... I think it's pretty much inevitable they'll be loaned back out in January once we've cleared these heavily congested run of fixtures. We've just got them as like a just in case, as yeah. a just in case. Um, it's interesting that you were saying about obviously pining over players as well. So I've seen a lot of people call for Brian Hill to start against Arsenal because Kulusevski might what? be injured. I was just like, doesn't yeah. It, as exciting of a player as he looks, I I'm not pining for it at all. I, I feel like I'm going to hear like a, a, a Spanish rendition of a Beatles album before I see a good performance from him. Like that, when I when I see him, I see a flipping 70s or 80s or whatever generation them man we're in. I'm tired, so excuse my ignorance right about now. But listen, man, like he looks, he just doesn't do it for me. Like he's a tidy enough player, but that doesn't pay the bills, man. It doesn't pay the bills. If 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 Kulisevsky's not there, you play Richarlison, right? Like, is it that difficult <laughs> to wrap your head around? Like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> that might it's even so be weird. the title of the podcast. It's so weird. Jeez. If he can play, if he can play in uh, La Liga, he can play in the Premier League. Stop. <laughs> it's um. No, it's, if we had his preferred position available to him, then I'd be willing to listen to it more. But we're looking to shoehorn him, uh, Brian Hill, out to the right hand side, or where he's said he's not as comfortable. And yeah, to, to expect that he, he didn't exactly light it up in that position in preseason either. Um, even though a left footer who can't play on the right hand side, fucking hell. 
<laughs> what the hell? What are we doing? This is what they're asking for. Is this what you want? They just want push and run football back. I swear to God, man. <laughs> what is going on with our fan base? We're in a time warp. After you posted that, uh, you you've got to repost this on the on the NSO account. The uh, Gascoigne uh, shot fakes from fifty yards out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's Brian Hill basically. <laughs> you could adopt that to simplify his game as opposed to just getting bodied. Uh, I think you'd be all right, but we we just clearly don't have a plan for this guy to be integrated into the team whatsoever. He's just there as like a plan C, D, E option. He's not. He's Again, not. These guys really... Carabao minutes. Give these guys Carabao minutes. I I don't care if we lift that trophy. I won't turn up to the parade. None of it. Call me a snob. Call me whatever you want. Play them, man, in the Carabao Cup. And keep it pushing, man. There's way too many important <laughs> games this season to be trying to shoehorn them into high stakes matches when they're not proven. And the way to get proven, unfortunately, for us with our lofty expectations and people demanding that we win as well as finish top four and all of this stuff. If that's what you want, you're gonna have to make the sacrifices to get there. And part of the sacrifices is young guys are not playing. We will not see the likes of Harvey White become anything at this Tottenham Hotspur. You won't. No. You've got to accept it. Like, Tanganga's in the squad. I I think Tanganga will actually prove to be a pretty decent Premier League footballer at one point. But at the same time, it's like, again, that's, that's a guy that's proven in the Premier League. He's had runs of games. He's shown that he's competent. He's had some real standout performances. And he's literally like sixth choice like what are we doing and we're asking for fucking brian hill and jed spence i just remember brian hill actually came on at the emirates last year not like a a, a lovely tapping type saw that as he had left the stadium but um he came on the second half and actually made uh, a bit of a difference maybe that's why they're pining for him i don't know We'll see speaking, what happens. Speaking of Tarrup, remember he he had he's got one of the best highlights at, against a man. What does exactly. it mean? What does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully he's got a ticket for this game. Now I'll actually be happy for him <laughs> if uh, Spurs finally show out and um, we're not actually out of the game by half time. Um, just to conclude, I guess the, a bit of the preview. Who would your kind of centre backs lineup be? I, I have a feeling. I think. Well, I mean, mine personally is going to be. Ben Davis over Longley a bit, just as he's more of a presence defensively. We've got those angles of his left foot passes as well as Longley. But I say I think Ben Davis is still more of a presence defensively. Um, Dyer Romero. Yeah, that that's our best partnership. That's our best trio. Again, people are going to say, "Oh, we need to upgrade on Ben Davis and Dyer if we're going to do anything." It's like fuck off. We we have them. They're our pot. They're, they're our guys. Like for the foreseeable future, they've done a good job. Carry on as you wish to continue. Literally, yeah. I, I actually really shit out though. Romero yeah. needs to sort his shit out because I know you're on his neck as well. To be fair, dude, that's because I really really like this player. I really really like him, but 
we've we've criticized other players, Serge Aurier's, uh, even Carl Walker's. We've criticized flipping Eric Dyer's over the years, Jan Vertonghen when he started to slow down for doing stupid shit at the back. This guy's been doing stupid shit for like four weeks in a row now. And if you're getting caught on your halfway line as a centre-back, whether you're in a two or a three, or if you're in the box at the start of a counter-attack that makes a game that was comfortable, very, very touchy, I'm referencing uh, Fulham, Mm -hmm. you need to to establish a little bit more discipline. Like, you don't need to be in the box. You don't need to be the underlapping guy. Like, you're not that dude. Just, you're Argentinian, yes. Cutie, all of that. Like, little swaggy you. Cool. Just stick to your job. Stick to your job. Do your job and do it well. And yeah, perfect. Perfectly said. And all I was going to say, I guess, was uh, I, I've been impressed with Long there as well. I've, I felt harsh leaving him out, but um, <laughs> so said chill on this guy. Um, but I was I rewatched the the Leicester game and defensively, I I, I was <laughs> left wondering like where Longley even was. Uh, some of his presence at the time definitely wasn't felt as Ben Davis. He's just there by force. Steady Eddie, man. Steady so, Ben. Gentle Ben. He's he just he is what he is, isn't it? Like, but I, I again, as I said, in, in games where in games where we do have a bit more impetus and a little bit more uh, guile in our play, he actually does really well. Like the mm. deep cross causes problems. The underlap works if if whoever's on that side with him is actually doing their job. I'm looking at Sun and uh, Sessegnon in that regard. Yeah. Mm, I love what he does out there as well because if he can actually sustain, like if he doesn't get too far forward, he sustains like a good position that's making up a few of the numbers in midfield. He's actually really really good for our counter press as well. Like um, it was that game against home against Leicester at the back end of last season. We had that double tackle which led to a goal. Just that personifies for me what he can offer us obviously if we look to get more on the front foot and he's to be that more progressive centre back without being too overzealous um, Sesson Young should play this game interesting so you'd have Emerson and Sesson Young starting 100% not Perisic nope that's interesting nope. he's not going to finish the game anyway I'm not gonna finish the game. So if if we if you start him and we don't score, then you just wasted thirty four year old legs on what? Like for him to for him to be chasing shadows with Saka, potentially. Like uh, mm. could he play on the right though? Perisic? Possibly, but then but That's then you me being tempted. <laughs> you just want to see the back of Emerson, but it's not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> actually I, I do respect what Emerson gives us so see defensively and I think he'd padlock Martinelli quite easily it's just mm. I don't want us to get pressed over that side whereas so I think yeah. I, I think uh, if that could happen. if you play Davis you get a little bit more leeway to play Perisic right that that I'm, I will admit but at the same time Perisic's moments of getting forward are very, very sparse. And if you're counting on 
one moment of brilliance for somebody who is going to have to be on job and be concentrated for 65 minutes. I don't know if the risk reward is actually there, to be honest, especially, especially if you do play free up top, you don't really need it. You need to hit Kane in the center of the pitch and hope that one of those fucking Bruno Fernandez balls come off. Cause that's going to be our, our approach to the game unless we drastically switch something up. If we play three in midfield, then yeah, Perisic all day long because, again, Kasuma is good at covering that uh, left-hand side. Oh, yeah, There's that, 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 that's a lot of ifs. Do you get what I mean? And we know Conte likes to stick with the tried and tested formula, so I don't expect too much change. That's fair. Um, I'm I'm actually happy for Conte to be that conservative as as long as he realizes if it's not working quick enough that we can just change it up, like yeah. he did um, against Leicester, where I, I felt like he actually managed the game perfectly in the end. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I'm saying if we play a three-man midfield and Davis, he'd be more comfortable with Perisic playing. However, yeah, Emerson will probably yeah. start. He will clamp Man- Martinelli, and. Um, also, fans still think he's not good defensively. Yeah, it's because they got Tommy Yasu and they just want to gas him up for agenda. And I worry. I do. I do worry. Ben White has been playing well. Romero versus uh, Martinelli could be interesting because he's Brazilian. Yeah, I, I remember thinking that when we played Everton and Romero ended up um, doing the job on Richarlison to his credit. So I think I think he'll do that to Martinelli. He's, he's due a red card this season. Has he had a red card for us yet? I think no, he, he might be overdue, you know. He's due a red card. I, I don't like to wish it on our players, but you you got to know who you have. Same, same <laughs> as Xhaka for them. Like, Xhaka could easily get sent off in the, in the first 15 minutes and everyone go, oh, yeah, this is expected. Like, it's just the way. Do it. The lay of the land, really. Someone's getting sent off, I think. The lay of the land, the tilt of the field, it's all going off. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, I guess we'll round up with a quick score prediction and um, let it off. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it's probably going to be a 2-2 draw. Do you know what? 2-2 was my, my go-to. Um, do I, for the first time ever, predict to L? No, fuck them. <laughs> fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> That's the energy. That's the score no. prediction. Fuck them. <laughs> That's unreal. Uh, we got uh, Acer who predicted a 2 0 win. Um, I wonder what the betting odds are for that. That'll be interesting. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know, man. That Cali weed must be strong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. But yeah, nah, it's good to good to catch up with you and and obviously, you know the you know the vibes. When it's North London Derby week, I tend to be a little bit unhinged when it gets close to the game. So it will get wild on Saturday. <laughs> you do your best work around North London derbies as well. To be fair, so yeah, we'll see. Um, and it was it's good work from you as always, and um, that. That perhaps up our, our pod for for the evening. Uh, obviously, if you're listening to the audio, we're wrapping up now as well. 
catch us again midweek for for streams and again every Saturday morning for the audio form. But as for now, I guess uh, thank you, Asa, who had to leave us earlier. And uh, thank you to you, Kevin. <laughs> for joining me. It was like coming up to midnight on a Thursday evening. Yeah. Jeez. I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, cram in some uh, FIFA. And uh, yeah, that's what I was doing before we came on stream. Lovely, jubbly. Learn all the uh, learn all the uh, players so I can be like all the kids and say, oh, we should sign him because the ultimate team. Fuck you guys. <laughs> 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 all right, in a bit, dude. <laughs> all right. On debut, Tungay on Dombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London. That is absolutely incredible on debut. Oh, yay! Sports Social Podcast Network.